This episode of Disney Countdown is brought to you by Countdown Network. From Christmas to theater to Disney, parenting, and beyond, Countdown Network is your home for the top-ranked countdown podcasts in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and dreamers of all ages, welcome to the Disney Countdown Show. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Disney Countdown Show. You made it. You're here. You're listening welcome. to it live in your ears. My name is Eric Peterson. I'm here with my good buddy, Danny Jordan. We Yo. got Chris Sisley on the ones and the twos from the Brooklyn and we are all here, folks. We are we're virtual today. We're doing a little virtual recording because it's nasty outside and rainy. And Danny and I both had dad mornings that were just filled with dad stuff. And so all we're doing it virtually. Stuff. We're doing it virtually today. Stuff. Yes. Um, but we have a great episode for you. We are doing the first half of our top 10 Disney live action movies. Mm. Did we decide are we doing it from our the their whole catalog? Or just the 90s? I can't remember what we decided. We originally were going to do 80s and 90s, so basically our our childhood. Yes. Uh, but then we were texting late last night, and we decided we opened to it up. open up the full the full okay. canon. I will say okay. a lot of those 80s and 90s, still on the list for me. Yeah, there were absolutely. not a lot me too. since that were like, oh, I got to put that one up ahead of... I have a, I have a couple here. in like the early 2000s, but like okay. that's pretty much where my list starts. But it's essentially, we're, we're counting down... Top 10 live action Disney films. Uh, so this is going to be a great list. I'm very excited to talk about some of these things. Uh, we got some games we're going to do. We got some Disney news we're going to do. We're going to hear about Danny had a trip to Disneyland and true. Met, our, met our good buddy Beastly Appetite, who was on the last episode in person. Uh, so yeah, Danny, how are you doing? How's your life? How are you feeling? I'm feeling I'm feeling good. Uh, yeah, I, I got to go to the food and wine festival. I was so you know inspired by you and the stories that you shared in our last episode. Plus, our new pal Beastly Appetite was talking about all the delicious dishes that are happening out there. And I honestly don't think I had ever participated in the food and wine festival. I, mm -hmm. I feel like it was always, and maybe we talked about this on the episode. Was that I was like, well, I could spend my time walking around these food and drink booths. Or I could spend my time riding rides and get some food that I know I'm going to like that might be a lot cheaper. Uh, but this time, I I really felt like it was it was like a halfway food focused trip. Nice uh, to the Disney parks because I was with my kids still, and you know, sure. kids don't want to just sit at food kiosks. Yeah, yeah, the entire time at Disney. Um, so we How went. Was the and, weather when you were there? It was nice. It was okay. super nice. I would say it was like mid 60s. You know, I had Not like rainy though. No, it drizzled a little bit sort of like off and on throughout the day, which made it interesting from like a character viewing experience because there's not right. very many characters out yeah. when it's raining. Um, but yeah, it was great. You know, I'd seen on Instagram that Beastly Appetite uh, was going to be there at the parks. And so he, him and I were texting each other and I said, hey, if you're here, give me a shout. Let's link up. So we did. And, you know, we got to taste test uh, the wings that he had talked about, which were so incredibly delicious from maybe one of the best named food kiosks ever. Um, it's a full on dad joke. It's cluck a doodle moo. Yep. That's a good one. Yeah. That was really, really strong. Um, and they were delicious. They were like a, had like a habanero sort of rub on them. It was like sweet with a little spice. And then we had the IPA uh, sausage that? that, Oh my gosh, dude. It so looked good. awesome. It was, it was like a little, 
much in terms of just how rich it was because you had the pretzel bun, which was really soft and doughy. And then they had the sausage plus like it was like a, a melted cheese sauce sort of thing mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. Plus the crispy things. It was just, it was a lot, um, yeah. but it was delicious. And, you know, Eric's a great guy and uh, you know, we'll definitely be having him back on the show, but the trip to Disney in general was, was amazing. Um, I'd found out this little hack recently about uh, a good way to find Anna and Elsa in the park, specifically mm. DCA that inside the art of animation building, there's a full on meet and greet with mm. frozen. So it can be on or Elsa. You don't know who it's going to be while you're waiting in right. line. Secretly, you're hoping that it's like your kid's favorites, but you don't yeah. know until you get in and you sort of round that bend and you're like, please, 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 please. Uh, and, and we got Elsa. So Emerson was like, she, she was so thrilled. Like she made sure she wore her Elsa shirt specifically for that day. She awesome. had, Lynn do like an Elsa braid in her hair so she can yeah. look like Elsa. Um, but honestly, the highlight, I think, of the whole meet and greet experience was my daughter, Riley. Um, and I'm just going to play a little sound clip of when Elsa touched her on on the shoulder and, and you get a little sense of how excited she was. <laughs> so clearly, my daughter enjoyed meeting Elsa. And what was really, really fun, and you can hear it at the end of that clip, is the way that the friend of Elsa reacted to my daughter's excitement in that moment. It was just so cool to watch my daughter squeal with joy and then look at Elsa and have her just burst out laughing as well. It was definitely one of those special pixie dust moments. And I'm so glad that I have uh, captured forever. And because of technology, when you're doing these live photos on an iPhone, you can convert them into videos as well, which is really, really neat. So that was that was awesome. And then, you know, the food and wine festival was just full of all of the deliciousness, man. Um, tell me this. Did you get to try the uh, garlic... Uh mac and cheese bacon mac and cheese oh, thing the bacon yes that was the first thing i had because <laughs> so you good? and eric were raving about this yes. thing and i was like i i gotta try it so it was one of the first kiosks when you get to the food and wine festival yeah. area there's like a like a berries dessert thing and then off to the right is that spot and really i should have taken your advice because i ordered it i was like oh this is so easy and then i was like walked over to pick it up and the line to pick it up was like he was like switched back three times and then it went like all the way up and around yeah. that wine bar yeah. that's right by there. It was it was intense, but that Mac was I, I could Very eat good. a whole bowl of that. It was so so good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was did bomb. you ever yeah. speaking of art of animation, have you ever done the animation class in that building? I have. I think it's I so did fun. um Sully, I think is who nice. I drew. Which was not we the did. easiest one to draw because he's got like all the like, a lot of stuff textures going on around his head. And, we know? did uh, it was Lightning McQueen that we learned to do. Well, that's fun, we it, which was really kind of cool. I love that class though. I love and if you don't know what we're talking about, if you ever get a chance to go to Disneyland, I don't know if they have it at Disney World. I would assume they do. Um, it's in the Art of Animation building in DCA, um, and you go in and it's a like a 20 minute class essentially. Yeah. And you just wait and it goes every half an hour or every hour or whatever. Um, and then there's a real Disney animator who teaches you how to draw a Disney character. And every, every person that goes in gets a big, huge sheet of paper animation sheet and a little desk that they sit at and a pencil. And then the animators down at the front and they have a, you know, sort of a screen showing what they're doing and they give you step-by-step step of what to do. It's really a very cool experience that not everybody is, sort of aware of at Disneyland. 
that whole building is really, really cool. I was yeah. saying to to Lynn, my wife, while we were waiting in line to get in to see Anna and Elsa, I said, you know, this really feels like a pro tip area on like a really hot day because they have all those mm -hmm. couches that, oh, or yeah. benches that you can sit on. They're padded in the middle. It's kind of dark. They have, you know, they play little clips from a bunch of iconic movies, Disney movies yeah. and you get to see the illustration process and all these really cool screens that are hung from the walls and the ceilings and that's where you can go talk to crush yeah. uh you can meet anna and elsa they have the um the animation thing or the character studio or whatever it's called mm -hmm. and then you can go down into the basement area and there's some more stuff down there i think you can go into the library from beauty and the beast down there as well um it's a really cool space or if your kid's like napping you know it, it's not too loud in there as well and it's right you know if it's a rainy day it's a hot day feels like a great way to, uh, to escape the elements. Um, but another thing happened uh, on this Disney trip that was a, a first for us. Um, and it still has just like got my heart so full. Uh, I, you know, Emerson is really into meeting the characters now, which I right. shared uh, on one of our recent episodes. And I remember when I was a kid that I had an autograph book. I don't know if you guys ever had one of those. Yeah, totally. And you'd walk around and get the characters to sign it. And I, I asked her, I was like, I said, baby, wouldn't it be cool if you could have them sign a book for you? She goes, yes. And so like I went while her uh, and, and Lynn and Riley were getting some popcorn. I ran into the gift shop over by Small World and grabbed an autograph book. It's really cool. On one side is a piece of paper for them to sign. And on the other side is a little like um, picture flap. So you can slide a little four by six picture in there. That's awesome. So, um, so it's like, okay, now we got to go find some characters. And we got so lucky once we got to Main Street, we got Minnie, we got Mickey, we got Goofy, and she got pictures with all of them. And awesome. she's just like, she's walking around with it everywhere That's now. So she's great. just like so proud. And I said, should we take it next time we go? She goes, yes, we have to, we yeah. have to. And I said, do you want me to picture or print out the picture? She goes, I would love that. Yes, please. <laughs> um, so we're going to print out the pictures of her standing with the characters. And I just, I don't I know. I also just love how the characters, they really do good signatures. They like they really do they have clearly practiced you know like i know when you do pluto he does like a little paw print on the side of his name and it's really great i was wondering like the friends of like goofy and mickey you know yeah. is there a special like school that I'm I'm they sure have to to go to to make sure it's universal but like i don't know if you guys could look at this picture yeah. she was so excited to meet mickey That's and great. she was just so darn proud and um i'm showing the fellas here just a picture of like her just standing there patiently while Mickey yeah. was signing her book, she was just I, I like to see the smile on her face um, and her joy over something so simple as like writing a name in a book was it's the Disney magic, you know, yeah. so I would encourage any parents out there, you know, if you're planning a trip to Disney, you know, pick up an autograph book maybe before you go there because they're probably cheaper online than uh, in the parks. But it's just a fun thing to do that makes that experience so much more special, I think. You know, we live in a time where everything's so digital that for us, I feel like physical stuff has sort of become a little lackluster sure. because everything's so digital. But for your child, having that physical thing that they can hold in their hand to be like, I gave that to Mickey and he signed that yeah. for me. It's very, very special. So I, if you got young kids, um, I would encourage you to do that on your next trip to the Disney parks. I love that. That's super fun. Yeah, it was um, great. Should we do news or a game first? What do you want to do? Uh, let's let's get to that hot, stanky uh, Disney news. We interrupt our program to bring you this Disney news. Disney news. 
this hot and stanky, stanky Disney, Disney news. news. Disney news. I love it. I feel like that's how you could describe the opening day of Disneyland back in 1955 oh, yeah, yeah, when yeah. the heels were sinking into the, Cement, yeah. the asphalt. It was probably hot and stanky that day. Yeah. Plus, people wore a lot more clothing back then sure. on hot days, so they were definitely stanky. Um, anyway, I've got one big piece of news that's sort of got two layers to it. Okay. Um, and I'll, I'll hit the first layer because you made me aware of the second layer when I was talking to you about this uh, off air before we started recording. Okay. And that is this big news story that broke that went crazy on the internet, on social media yesterday with this casting announcement for a live action version of The Hunchback of Notre Dame featuring Josh Gad, who we know and love as Olaf from Frozen. Uh, he was also in uh, The Beauty and the Beast a live action film. They also announced, you know, this image that was going around the internet, you know, it had like Sasha Baron Cohen was listed and Kelsey Grammer and Jack Black and Peter Capaldi and all these huge celebrities. And the internet was blowing up. All these websites were picking it up. And then Eric, you made me aware that, that Josh Gad, I guess, uh, followed up with his own post about this announcement, right? He did, because um, I also saw it in the morning, and I was like, "Wow, that's that could be fun. I like that. Hunchback's one of my favorite films." And I was like, "I can't wait to see what they do with this." Uh, and then, and I, you're totally correct. I saw it on many different, you know, websites and blogs. Yeah. And then around, I don't know, ten o'clock last night, I was surfing the interwebs, and Josh Gad posted that that was in fact just fan fiction. Someone had like made a fan cast for what they would want. The Hunchback of Notre Dame to be and he was like this is not a film yet <laughs> we've not shot anything <laughs> um, this has not been cast but he did say you know if you guys are into this then let's let Disney know that you want it and we'll make it happen you know so you know Eric yeah. I feel like we are on the peripheral of viral all the time oh yeah you know with all of these you know, TikTok pages Instagram pages blowing up that are doing like countdowns top five this top ten that uh, also we just recently did our draft of cast Hamilton with yeah. Disney characters. Like we are on the peripheral of, of viral. Right how do we, how do we break through those pearly gates? I and, think we just and, keep doing, I think we just keep, keep, keep the faith, keep trucking along. And eventually one of them is going to pop. I got to believe. Yeah, I, I do believe. I, th I think we're putting out great content and, you know, I think, you know, again, us now working with people like uh, Dapper Danielle and Beastly Appetite and some other people we're talking to is making those Disney fans aware that that we're out there and yeah, um, you know, just excited uh, for the journey of, of what we're what we're doing and and uh, at the end of the day, like we get to create content about Disney, so like we're we're sitting pretty. Life's pretty darn good. Like I get Absolutely. to write off a magic key pass. That's <laughs> exactly that is first world problems uh, exactly. if there ever were some. Exactly. But that's. That's the biggest piece of uh, Disney news. I know, you know, we chatted about last time that uh, Toontown was going to be opening and it did just open yeah. uh, a few days ago on the 19th. And I was actually there the day I went with my family was opening day. Did you bring Toontown. your key? I did not. Um, and I'll tell you why. How did they my let anybody was... in? I don't even How would they let anyone in? Disney magic, I guess. Oh, wow. um, but I said to my wife, I was like, I, I just I'm worried that I'm going to get to security and they're going to tell me I can't bring it in. Right. And because because she was like, well, they sell stuff like that in the park. I said, yeah, but like they control that stuff. If some rando dude walks up with this like six inch long heavy metal key on the end of a rope, you know, <laughs> uh, that's got some kind of sharp edges to it. I feel like they'd be like, sir, unfortunately, you're going to have to go put weapon. that back. 
Yeah, that is a weapon. You could swing this around and dose somebody up the head with it. But I will tell you, man, I have never seen Toontown as so packed. packed. It was mad. It, I honestly felt like those images you see of Disneyland on opening day where it's just like people going Everywhere. this way yeah. and that way and not knowing where to go because Toontown looks so different now and the flow is so different from what people used to know where the, there was this clear road that you like walked this way yeah. and you went around the fountain that doesn't really exist back, yeah. anymore. Okay. So I feel like people are, I, I felt like it was chaotic, yeah. <laughs> frankly speaking, like at one point, like the characters are just walking around. They don't necessarily have like a hub where they go and stand. Like okay. Emerson and I were in, uh, or no, I was with Riley and we were in like where Goofy's house is yep. and they redid that to sort of be this like playground area. And Goofy comes walking over and he like climbs up to the top of this hill. I, I'm debating whether or not I should put this video on the internet because it doesn't represent Goofy in the best light possible. He goes to this hill that like children are able to like climb up, but it's kind of steep and it was raining and he decides to try to walk down the hill. Oh I'm no, just gonna... did he fall? Oh yeah. I'm going to show you the video right okay. now. Goofy's like, hey guys. There's Goofy. This kid goes down and then Goofy. <laughs> and then look, he tries to like scoot. He's like, okay, I'm gonna get, down. I'm gonna get off of this. Oh, geez, I slipped again. Hey, I'm okay, everybody. <laughs> and then the cast member comes running in at the end. You can see her yeah. trying to like help Goofy out. It's that's funny. I was watching this whole thing. I was like, this is not gonna end well. He is, <laughs> he's going down. For sure, but he's just like Roman, which is kind of cool because it feels like you're getting that. to exist in their organic space. Yeah. But it was it was madness. The line uh for Mickey's Runaway Railway was it took up like a third of Toontown. Yeah. Um, and then the hot ticket item that everyone was trying to get was that picnic basket thing that you shared. Yeah, yeah. And so when we were walking into Disneyland, some dude was walking out of the front gates with like 10 of them, like wrapped around his arms. Jeez. Because apparently they're selling for like four times the amount sure. you can get them for at the park. Yeah. Because they're like $30 and then you get like a couple snacks inside and the, the yeah. lid like goes up and down, I guess, on its yeah. own. But yeah, man, it was, I'll be excited to go back when it's a little bit less crowded. Settled down. Yeah. It was, it was, it was wild for sure. But, um, but it was cool to see Toontown back open again and Indiana Jones is back open again, which is really exciting. So that's the Disney news for this episode. Uh, shall we? Should we get to game time? Yeah, let's do a game. What what game are we going to play here, Chris? We're going to I mean, should we just say it's a taboo style game? Yeah. I don't want to like yeah. yeah, we're not we don't have to pay taboo or anything if we do it. We're going to do a Disney We could just say this game is very taboo. It's very taboo. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Who are the other people in uh Apple D app? Who else is in Black Eyed Peas that we could try? We, we could call it the Apple D Ooh, app. Fer game. <laughs> Fergie. The Fergie Will I am. <laughs> So anyway, we're going to be tr we're trying a taboo style game, but we're going to be doing all Disney themed things. And this one, we're going to try Disney movies. So okay. whilst we were talking, I texted the fellas some suggestions and also some taboo words, the words you cannot say. So mm -hmm. the idea is you have to describe the movie without using the taboo words. Uh, we'll try to keep it pretty tight. Maybe we'll I mean, don't take forever. I don't want to, have to cut sure. you off, but I will cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's great. Now, did you send us both the same list or no, do we have different you lists? You both have different lists. Okay, great. It'd be really funny if I just delivered the first one and you're like, bang. Yeah, and then uh, you... I'm pretty sure I know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love it. Who wants to go first? Who wants to guess first? I'll guess first. Okay, great. 
Here we go. I'm going to try to get you to guess as many of these movies as I can in about one minute-ish. Do we want to go back and forth like you do one, I'll do one? Or how do you want to how do you want to do this? I think what we should do is we should give it like a one and a half minute time limit and you try to get as many okay. of these as you can in the minute and a half. So let's do okay. that. So Chris, you give us a true true minute and a half. I have a timer ready and I'm ready to go. Who's gonna go first? Okay. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna describe first. Okay. Okay. And start now. Okay, this is a movie that was made by Pixar. Uh it is about a family and Bugs they the uh, Incredibles. No, yes. Okay, moving on. This is a movie that was uh, hand animated, uh, made by Snow Disney. Uh, older movie it was at the tail oh, end of Steamboat the Willie. Disney tail end of the Disney Renaissance, so much more. Um, the Beast. Uh, nope, it takes place on an island. On an island, um, there are there's an alien in it. Uh, Lilo and Stitch. Yes. Moving on. Okay, next one. Uh, this is also an animated um, Disney movie. That it was uh, hand animated. Uh, it stars David Spade and um, oh, uh, the guy uh, who was Putty on uh, Seinfeld. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Uh, Emperor's is- New Groove. Yes, great. Next, um, okay. This is another animated movie from the Disney Renaissance. Uh, it's a you know you need to go the distance to try Tarzan. To get- oh, Hercules. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, this is a movie that you recently just saw. Um, that is Turning a red. Disney Disney movie, but it is computer animated. Um, there are uh, oh, uh, a lot uh, of Hero Six animals in this film. Zootopia. Yes, great. Okay, one more for you. No, a couple more. Um, this is a Disney movie, hand animated from the Renaissance. Uh, oh. It it has it has uh, can I say Phil, Phil Collins music in it. Tarzan, and that's it. Oh, okay, oh. that's pretty good. Woo, that pretty was... good. Pretty good. That was stressful. One, yeah. two, three, four, five, six. All right. You got okay. six. That was All great. Right. Okay. Come How many do me. I have? One, two, three, four, five, six. I think I have I had seven. seven. Or... I had seven on okay. my list. Yeah, you both have okay. seven. Okay. All right. Here we go. And go. Uh, Disney Renaissance, Water. Little Mermaid. Yes. Um, Pixar, first movie. Uh, Toy Story. Yes. Um. France. Ratatouille. Older. Uh, Sleeping Beauty. Cinderella. Uh, uh, Candelabra. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Um, uh, Adina Menzel. Frozen. Uh, Uncle. Uncle Buck. Uncle. <laughs> Uncle. Tragedy. Uh, tragedy of the Uncle. Pinocchio? No. Uh, um, give me more. I need uh, more. Serengeti. Oh, um, uh, Lion King. Yes. Okay. Um, oh gosh. Uh, okay. Is on Broadway right now. Uh, Aladdin, Lion yes. King. Okay. Yes. Um, The Rock. Uh, Moana. Yes. Got it. That's seven. That's all yeah. of them. Yeah. Woo! Nice. That was good. Well, the Aladdin one was hard because my taboo words were split into separate texts, and I had to like scroll up and down to make sure I wasn't <laughs> saying something I wasn't allowed to. That's good. That's good. That was that awesome. Was fun. That, I like that. that. We should do more of that. Game. That's good. hundred percent. That was super fun. I want to do more of that. So, Chris, let's play more of that. No I problem. Like that. Yeah, that's very fun. Yeah, more work for Chris is really. Yes. See, this is the thing, Chris. <laughs> if you bring really great games to the table, 
That means you just got to keep coming up with really great games. Next yeah. next week, we're going to try Tic-Tac-Toe. Maybe you guys won't like that as much. Ooh, <laughs> you know we should create a game? Tic-Tac-Toe. Ooh, that's kind of good. I don't know what it is. but Are it... feet involved? <laughs> I mean, they're not involved in uh, Tic-Tac-Toe. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Tic-Tac influencers, but they only show their feet. It's a whole weird thing. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah, you don't want to be a part <laughs> of it, trust me. Did you guys see the new thing, Disney-related, that I dropped on my own personal TikTok? No. So I'm starting this series of Disney rides, but with different theme music. Okay. So I was I had this idea last time I was at Disneyland, and I was like, what if... I was like, King Arthur's Carousel, what would be the theme song for that? And I did a Pony by Genuine. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I like it. So I think I might do Crazy Train or something for Big Thunder Mountain. Crazy train. I love it. I'm just like, I want to come up with like a different one and just like, there'll be like 10, 15 second clips, but That's with good. different theme music. So I love it. Anyway, I guess uh, we should get to the countdown, eh? Let's do it. All right. So, folks, this is going to be our top 10 Disney live action movies. Mm. <clears throat> I'm very excited for this list. Uh, as per the huge, it was hard to get it down to 10, oh but gosh. I feel pretty good about my 10. I feel good. I feel good. I, good about I don't know how I feel about my 10. I feel I don't I feel know. A lot of these movies, as I was going through the canon of live action Disney movies throughout all the years, because live action Disney movies have been around for a really, really long yeah. time. On IMDb, so... there was there was 313 live action Disney films. We looked at the same list. Yes, we did. <laughs> but I feel like it hasn't been updated because the last movie on the list was Jungle Cruise and it said coming soon. Oh, okay, yeah. And but, so there's been I, a few since then, but not yeah, but I feel right. I'm excited to go down memory lane with a few of these. That's yes, what I'm excited I, about. I think most are going to have a nostalgic bent to them. Yeah. Um. All right, here we go. Starting at number 10 for my personal list here. I'm going with the movie that, interestingly, this is an older movie, but I did not watch this movie as a child, but I've since okay. watched it with my family and my kids, and we've loved it, and so we watch it now a couple of times a year. Uh, and that's going to be The Parent Trap. And I'm talking Ooh. about the Lindsay Lohan version, not the, um, what is her name? Are you not going with the 1961 version? No. What is her name, though, from the 1961 uh, version? She was, she was, because um, remember the prequel to Saved by the Bell, Miss Bliss. Haley Mills? Haley Mills. That's who it is. Haley Mills. Yes. So Haley Mills did the original. Um, but I am a big fan of the 1998 Lindsay Lohan uh, Dennis Quaid, Natasha Richardson, such a great film. And again, mm. not something that I watched as a kid, but now that I've watched it with my kids, I just, it's like has so many just iconic moments with the sort of mean um, stepmother character, <laughs> you know, she's, or she's about <laughs> to be the stepmother um, and the way that they take her camping and they put her on that raft and they send the raft out to the middle of the lake and she wakes up in the middle of the lake and she's so mad. It's just so great. Lindsay Lohan is in peak form. She's so charming as both roles in this film. If you've not seen this, even if you don't have kids, it's like it's a relatively romantic movie. You know, when you get to the end of it, it's a great rom-com. Um, but yeah, my number 10 selection is going to be the 1998 version of The Parent Trap. Mm, I never saw that version. It's great. I, I've seen really the OG. It. It's a super, super fun watch. I feel like my mom might have been really into the original version because I just have memories from childhood 
Is the story the same? Like, do they go off to camp? Like, is it the mm -hmm. same sort yeah. of vibe? Okay. Yeah. Cute movie. Really enjoyed it uh, as a kid for sure. So strong choice. There was uh, also ten. I forgot to say is there was a cool thing. So the woman who plays Dennis Quaid's sort of like assistant or housekeeper or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. I can't remember what her name is. She's got red hair. She's now on that show Abbott Elementary, which is super funny. If you don't watch that, it's a very, very funny show. She plays kind okay. of a tough Philly uh, teacher. And when they went to the SAG, I think the SAG Awards or some award show recently, Abbott was getting nominated for a lot of stuff. She went with the actress who plays the stepmother from The Parent Trap. So they're, oh, still, really? now, they're still friends. And they went uh, on the red carpet just a couple of weeks ago together, which oh. was kind of a fun little thing to see. That's awesome. I love that. And it makes me think of um, what uh, uh, Harrison Ford and the guy yeah. from Indiana he, Jones. Yeah. Like how how cool has that been to watch that guy's journey? So great. Super moving. Um, well, number 10 for me is going to be a movie that I'm going to admit I have I've not watched in a very long time. And I need to change that very, very soon because I remember as a kid, uh, I love this movie. It came out in 1989. So I was about seven years old when this film came out. Which is wild because I feel like I was older. Like in my mind, I was older when I saw this movie. Right. Um, but that movie is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, great. Um, great. Rick Moranis just is so great uh, in that film. I think just the the fantastical idea of like getting shrunk down to being like, you know, a quarter of an inch or however tall they are yeah. and and just everything that transpires with them being thrown out with the garbage and then having to work their way back to the house. And um, I just love, uh, I love when it starts like, like the sprinklers and the rain, when it just like, it's just these huge, massive drops of water that are hitting the blades of grass. I love when they battle the ant. Um, I oh, think that's such, such a, great a scene. fun moment. Great scene. Yeah. And then I love what he's, Rick Moranis is like hanging on that contraption that he like made for the backyard. And he's got Feeling like the bouncing. big, yeah. yeah. And he's got like the big thing, like the, you know, the magnifying glasses or whatever he's sort of using uh, on his eyes to try to see his kids down in That's the great. grass. Um, and just and the way that like the wife comes home and she's like, what are you doing, honey? Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's when he says, honey, I honey, shrunk the kids. I shrunk the kids. <laughs> um, and then, it, you know, birthed, obviously, honey, I blew up the kids, a uh, kid. And then, you know, I love the experience that they used to have at Disneyland back in the day in the, in the old Captain EO theater of Honey, I Blew Up the Audience uh, or Shrunk, oh, yeah. I think Shrunk the Audience, Shrunk the Audience, yeah. um, where you go into that experience with the 3D glasses and you get shrunk down. And now yeah. you're like seeing everything through the world of being like microscopic. Uh, it's just, it's a feel good movie. You know, the journey of like the neighbors who like the one kid doesn't really get along with and then they end up all becoming friends through the whole experience. Yeah. Uh, is super fun and you know it's just one of those movies like when i think about it and like i see that picture of like rick moranis with the big like magnifying glass in front of his eyes it just brings back really fun memories from from childhood and it makes me think actually do you remember the game uh mousetrap yeah loved it um do you remember the commercial for mousetrap where yeah, like the kids would shrink game. down and they would get to be like the pieces in the game mm -hmm. yes yeah i, I remember, do remember yeah it, you know it's all making sense for me in my mind now when I was seven, I got Mousetrap for Christmas. We were up in Canada for Christmas and I got Mousetrap. And I remember everyone went into the kitchen to go have like brunch or something. And I was like, I'm going to stay behind and I'm going to jump into the game. Because I remember seeing it on the commercial where the, the commercial. kids were, would jump in and they'd run around. And I full on jumped onto my game and like snapped the pieces. 
That's um, hilarious. Because that's not how life works, kids. Uh, but anyway, number 10 for me is going to be Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I love that. Do you remember that at Disney World, they had a thing that you could walk through that was like a huge playground, essentially, that was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So it was like huge leaves and the big Lego brick and like... It was all the stuff from the movie, but you could run around. It was like a big, huge oh, playground wow. area that you could run around in, and everything was huge, and it made you feel like you were in the movie. It was very cool. I think that um, was like before maybe the time that I got to go to know. Walt Disney yeah, World. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. My number nine selection is going to be a 1993 film uh, okay. that stars three great actors, Don Amici, Michael J. Fox, and Sally Field, and that's going to be Homeward Bound. Ooh. If you are ready to cry, folks, and you love animals, and you've not seen Homeward Bound, you got to go today and watch it and bring so the tissues because it is a tearjerker, but so great. You have peak Michael J. Fox when he is just in that like great moment. He's doing like Spin City at this point, and yep. he's he plays this sort of like tough like young mutt who's like you know always <laughs> running around and trying to smell stuff and eat stuff and break out and he's got that perfect kind of archetype uh and then you have sally field who plays the cat and she's perfect as a cat she's just so bothered by everything that these <laughs> stupid dogs are doing the premise of the movie if you've not seen it is there's a family with a golden retriever a cat and then kind of like a pit bull mix kind of dog uh boxer mix or something like that uh and the animals get uh, left at a farm for the summer because the family's like moving into San Francisco or something for the right. year. And the animals think that they've been abandoned. So they decide to go home and they, they break out of the farm that they're staying on and they go on this huge like journey to try to find their home. Uh, and they're led by Don Amici is an older actor who plays shadow. Who's like the, the golden retriever. And it's just like, he has the most perfect golden retriever voice because he's just so grounded and he just needs to love jamie i think jamie's the name of the kid and he's like i need to get back to jamie jamie needs me you know and yes. it just, it's like you think that that is exactly how these animals would talk and i just it's such a great movie i also love as a little thing but i love that they didn't make the animals mouths move because per, mm. first of all this was that was not really a technology that was available back then but I like that every shot you can see who's talking because the camera's on the cat, but you don't right. see her mouth moving, but you just hear the voice and you're like, oh yeah, that's how they're communicating. It's just a little detail that I love and that feels kind of nostalgic because I feel like if they made that movie nowadays, the animals mouths would move to the actual words they were saying, which is right. just a different feeling, you know? Um, so if you've not seen Homeward Bound, there's also a sequel, Homeward Bound Lost in San Francisco. Not quite as good as the first one, but uh, my number nine selection is going to be Homeward Bound. So good. That one holds a very special place in my heart, and uh, you might hear from it a little bit later on in the countdown. Right. Um, but for now, we're going to go to the islands for this next mm. selection, and we are going with that classic 1993 comedy starring none other, none other than John Candy. Uh, we also had Rawl, D. Lewis, Justin Leon, Dougie Doug, Malik Yoba, mm. and that I movie. This, one. this is a great Cool one. Runnings. Feel Definitely the rhythm. On my list. Feel the Feel rhyme. Feel the rhyme. Get, Get on, on up. up. It's Bob's it's Bob time. Sled time. Cool Runnings. Uh, it's just such a hysterical film. Um, I didn't know this, but it actually won the People's Choice Award for favorite uh, comedic movie 
That's cool. In 1993, when it was released. So I'm guessing those awards were probably in 1994. But um, it's just, I feel like it's one of those movies that we knew so well as kids that it was like the amount of times we shouted, feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up, it's bobsled time, cool awesome. runnings. Or like Senka, you dead man? Are you dead? Yeah, man. You dead man. Uh, yes. Oh yeah. All the time. It's just there's so many incredible moments, but also just the story of, you know, these guys who are like uh, you know sprinters, like trying out for the Summer Olympics, uh, and then due to like a disqualification, they then form this Jamaican bobsled team, and John Candy is sort of like this uh, disgraced, disgraced, yeah former champion who like wants to redeem himself and he doesn't really believe in them, but then like they work so hard. Um, it's just, there's so many elements to the movie that are funny, but it's also incredibly heartwarming um, as, as they form this bond between the four of them and John Candy. And then um, I don't want to spoil the ending for anyone who, who hasn't seen the film, but I just, I feel like it just touches on everything. It's a total fish out of water experience, you know, for these guys from Jamaica to go and compete in the winter Olympics and, true underdog tale for sure um and that was again that was like john candy right right in the pocket yeah. you know of like late 80s early 90s coming off of like uncle buck and um home alone and and all those films that we know and love him from so that's why i've got cool runnings at number nine i love that you know and i will also not ruin the ending but maybe the best version of the slow clap at the end of a movie that's ever been done <laughs> we all know the slow clap that comes at the end of a movie of one person's like yeah yeah and then it just builds that cool runnings has one of the best versions of the slow clap so i gotta go back and watch that <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not so remembering good. that moment i gotta oh, watch that it's it's the dad of the one runner who like he oh they didn't want him to do it because wasn't yeah. he like trying like, like he's trying to be a dentist or, yeah, or yeah. a doctor or something yeah yeah, yeah that's right so good um okay my number eight selection here's the deal i am gonna break the rules because there are no rules and i haven't done this in a while and so i'm gonna put uh, a hydra in in number five or number eight Wait, does here. that mean you're putting multiple films i'm putting here? five movies oh in the, in the eight gosh. slot but they all have a common theme and so that's how i'm that's how i'm uh justifying it and those okay. five movies are going to be all of the disney sports movies and i'm including the rookie starring dennis quaid miracle starring kurt russell remember the titans starring denzel mm. washington angels in the outfield Starring Matthew McConaughey, Danny Tony Glover. Danza, Danny Glover, um, uh, a young uh, what's his name from yeah, Third his... Rock from the Sun, uh, yeah, Jordan Levitt. Je Jordan Levitt, yes, Jordan Levitt, uh, and then the last one being Invincible, uh, the Mark Wahlberg Philadelphia Eagles story. Mm. Um, it is all five of those movies are so good. I love, and I know Danny, you do too. I love a sports movie always. Yeah. And I love a Disney sports movie because they just make it even that much more like wholesome and clean and wrapped up and, you know, yep. just everything ends how you want it to. So I won't go into all of them, but The Rookie is such a good film. That's one I, that I feel out of all of these five, the least amount of people may have seen. Um, the, the Rookie? rookie yeah, it's so good. It's, yeah, it's, it's based good on film, a true yeah. story. These are all actually other than Angels in the Outfield. These are all based on a true story. And Angels, Wait, in, Angels the outfield, in the Outfield isn't true. It might be true. It might be true. We don't know. <laughs> Maybe Christopher Lloyd comes down with wings and saves the angels. I don't know. We can only um, hope. We can hope. Uh, the Rookie is great. It's about a guy who is a pitcher um, 
and now he's old, like he's in his forties. He's a high school baseball coach in Texas, a little town in Texas. And he basically figures out that he still's got the stuff and he goes through the minors and on his journey to try to become a major leaguer at the age of like 45. It's an amazing mm. movie. Um, miracle is about the miracle on ice. The team USA win in the 80, uh, 1980 Olympics over the Russians. Great movie, great speeches, great acting in it. Great sports stuff. That's an awesome movie. Uh, Remember the Titans is about uh, high school in the South during the civil rights movement. Uh, and as they integrate a, a white team and a black team, and it's so good. Left side, strong side, left side, strong side. That's my yes. favorite part of that. Um, Angels in the Outfield is uh, about, um, what do we say that guy's name is? Jordan Levitt. Jordan Levitt is a kid Jordan who's Levitt, in yeah. foster care and he's trying to, you know, find a dad. And for some reason he loves the angels and he sort of notices that there are angels in the outfield, uh, yeah. which is, a, you know, what's interesting about this film is that you cannot find this film anywhere. I'm not kidding. Oh, really? It's even on YouTube, you can find it, but it's like, uh, it's a Spanish version or something like that. It's not on Apple. It's not on Amazon. It's not on Netflix. It is. It's not no on way. Disney plus, not on Disney plus. I, really? and I, and I'm so curious as to why that is like, is it a certain actor who was like, listen, I don't want you to, re to release this film or, or I, I have no idea, but there's some reason because it's a great movie. There's nothing controversial in it, um, but you can't I have a find theory. it anywhere. What's I have your theory? a theory. So the angels, I think at that time were owned by Disney. Yes. Okay. So I wonder if when they sold, they lost the licensing rights to the to angels the as a team yeah. name and maybe yeah. major league baseball, because I'm looking it up right now and it actually is still connected to Disney is according to this search that I just did on Google, you can watch angels in the outfield on ESPN. ESPN. Really? Yeah. So yeah. So like I, I it just I went to ESPN.com like slash watch. Well, that's what I wonder. Like it's got the full film here. I just have to log into my provider and I'm in. Well, I will yeah. do that. And there I've it is. There's to Jordan watch it with and the Danny and Chris that. and um, and then the, the fifth one on that list was Invincible. Have you ever seen Invincible? I have not. It's Mark Wahlberg, and this is also based on a true story. He plays like a Philadelphia just like working schmo who's like you know works in the brickyard <laughs> or whatever and it's when it's in the 70s like late 70s when the eagles were really bad and so as sort of a publicity stunt they had an open tryout for the public to like make the team of the eagles and <laughs> um so all these just you know joe schmoes come out and try to be football players and they're all terrible but he's actually like kind of a stud and they're like we're gonna give you a shot you were the best one we're gonna his name was vince papale and okay. uh, and he eventually makes the team and he's like on the Philadelphia Eagles. And he, and it's really cool about how all of his like buddies at the bar, are like, look at Finch. He's on the Eagles. It's amazing. You know, great, <laughs> great film. So my number eight is the five headed Hydra monster of the rookie miracle. Remember the Titans, angels in the outfield and invincible. I'm sorry. I broke the rules. No, it's okay. You definitely hit some that are sort of varying places on my top 15. I couldn't put Angels in the Outfield on my top 10 just because it's the Angels. And I think when you grow up sure. in Southern California, if you like the Dodgers, you hate the Angels. If yes. you like the Angels, you despise uh, the Dodgers. And my cousin and I growing up, like he was a huge Angels fan. I'm you know, still a very big Dodger fan. And so I just couldn't, if it was like Dodgers in the outfield, then maybe I, maybe it would have been there for sure. But uh, yeah, great film. And it, and it turns out there was actually a version of that film that was done in 1951. 
Um, really? Yeah. And because I found it on Amazon Prime here, and it was about, I guess, a little girl who prayed for the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, to win the pennant or something mm-hmm. back in 19. 19- so there's a black and white version of it as well, which I wonder if there's a lot of story similarities uh, yeah. between the two. I'll have to go watch that. But great, great selections, all five of them. Uh, for me, number eight is going to be a film that you mentioned earlier, and that is Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. It just, I remember as a kid feeling emotional yeah. about that movie, you know, like just wanting them to find their way home. And there's just like, there's these lines that like still stick out in my mind to this day. Like, you know, Sassy says like, cats rule and dogs, dogs drool. drool. Like there's just so many of those like great moments. And then like when, when chance like encounters that porcupine and then he gets like all the, all the like porcupine oh, things yeah. in his muzzle, like, shot yeah. into his face. And then yeah. that scene when, when shadow falls like into like through that like wood thing into like into like a basement thing, yeah. or a pit or whatever and he's yeah. like go on without me you know and and they all like go down and they save him and just that moment at the end i guess no spoiler alert um when there's a the second like, one so they had to make it home <laughs> they had to make it it'd be really depressing if there was a children's movie where they just they never found their pets ever again right um, or only the cat made it. Right. Uh, but there's that scene where they're like coming across the field, you know, and like yeah. the kids are each getting individually excited about their pet. And then Shadow doesn't come. The older brother's like, there's like, he couldn't make it. He was just too old, you oh, know? Yeah. And he's, he's and like, old. it just rips your heart out. God. And then Shadow comes and he's like limping as he's like walking yeah. across the field. It's just oh. like, as as a kid, like who grew up with a dog, it just like it pulls on all all the heartstrings. It's so good. And I agree with you in the sense that I love that their mouths don't move. I feel like it would just make it so not believable. Yeah. Um, well, I feel that... like it'd be a different thing. It would be like, you know, when they did the Lion King live action, their mouths moved to it. And it felt like, okay, what I'm seeing is a a storytelling choice, but it doesn't, I don't necessarily feel like this is real. Whereas right. like with Homer Bound, even though they, you know, <laughs> Sally Field is not inside the body of a cat, it still felt real. It felt like, yeah, that's what that cat would be saying. And they would somehow find a way to communicate these ideas to each other. Yes. Because I like to believe that animals communicate through energy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With each other, you know, or like they're different barks, you know, that there's a way that they can communicate. And totally. it's definitely not CGI version of communication. Like, I know there aren't lions out in the middle of the jungle, like going, I mean, look, if I happen to stumble upon that in the middle of a safari, I'd be happy to be wrong. Um, But I don't think that's how the world works. But yeah, Homeward Bound, if you have not seen it, it is definitely a must watch. If you're if you have pets, if you're an animal lover, it's very kid friendly. Um, It's it's a feel good movie. Definitely going to pull on the heartstrings and got to check it out. So that's my number eight. It has also some great late 80s fashion in it. Of just oh, that, yeah. like everybody kind of looks like they're always coming home from church, kind of look, <laughs> like they just like I don't. That's the only way I can describe it. But that's the all the clothes that everybody wears in that movie. Um, okay, my number. What am I on? My number, number seven. seven. Number yeah. seven. Okay, my number seven. This is a film that I love, and I'm very curious to know if you've seen this film because it's not terribly well known. It's from 1994, and it's called Iron Will. Do you know this movie? Oh, yeah. I remember Iron you ever Will, see yeah. This? Chris, do you remember uh, Iron Will? Did you ever see that? Yeah. I never okay. saw it. Oh, it's so great. It is um, 
based on a true story of a 1917 dog sled race from Winnipeg, Manitoba to St. Paul, Minnesota. So it's a 522 mile long stretch uh, along the Red River. Um, and so it's based on a true story about this young guy who wanted to be in this dog sled race. And everybody's like, you can't, this is only for the toughest of manliest of men. And like your dogs are not ready and you're, you're not ready for how hard this is going to be. <laughs> but I think he's doing the race because like his father died or something and he's doing it to honor his dad or something like that. Um, and it's just, uh, it starts Mackenzie Aston, who was a great actor who you don't see that much anymore. And it's a shame because he was so good. He's in a really cool mm. indie movie called dream for an insomniac. That is mm. very cool. You would like it because it deals with Sinatra. Um, you should check oh, that cool. out. Uh, Mackenzie Aston is the brother of Sean Aston, oh, Ru- okay. Rudy, uh, Frodo, not Frodo. He's who is he? Sam Wise. Sam Wise Gangy. Uh, obviously big actor. And then their parents are John Aston, who was, um, Adam's family. Uh, oh, really? Yep. And then, uh, his mom is Patty Duke. So yeah, they're oh, wow. a big Hollywood family. Um, I did anyways. not know that. Uh, so this character uh, that is going through this dog sled race, he's dealing with the elements. He's dealing with his dogs working with him and sometimes being mad at him. And so he's got to like cheer on his dogs and then they get hurt and he's got to help them. And then he's also got this like really mean, like Swedish guy who's going against him who keeps trying to sabotage him. It's a great action kind of dog movie uh from 1994 called iron will it's on disney plus i watched it with the kids the other day they were like this is great we love this so uh yeah that's gonna be my number seven is iron will i gotta check that one out it i feel did it come out around the same time as like white fang yep around exactly the same time and they were both disney movies which is interesting because they're dealing with very very similar dog sled narratives but uh iron will in my opinion is the better one yeah, I feel like they get into those grooves. They're like, well, the wolf one worked, so yep, let's, make another let's one of go those. with the husky one. Yeah, yep. exactly. Totally. Um, if only executives had imaginations. <laughs> um, they'd be hosting podcasts. Uh, all right. <laughs> Number seven for me. I'll be interested to get your thoughts on this one to see if you think that this is a fair entry, but considering you put five <laughs> movies at number eight, I feel like I can get this dispensation. Sure. And that is going to be Hamilton. I I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I was not one of the people as so many of us were not one of those people who were fortunate enough to see the original Broadway cast of Hamilton do that show on Broadway. And, and honestly, like most times when musicals are captured on film, like the stage version of it, it doesn't really work. It doesn't land, you know, theater is such a, like an in-person experience. um, And to like, get the angles that you need to properly sort of like, I think, tell the story is really hard. But I think having Tommy Kale, you know, there to help direct the film version Mm -hmm. that they captured at the Richard Rogers, like he knew all the moments when Eliza might give, you know, Alexander Hamilton, this look, he knew little moments that Leslie had developed, you know, throughout the run of the show. He knew when the ensemble was really doing really cool dance moments. Cause one of my biggest critiques, like, and even Newsies is an example of this. Like my daughter loves watching the recorded version of Newsies that they shot at the Pantages with a lot of the original cast. But my biggest critique is when they have big ensemble numbers, but they're like holding a tight shot of one of the stars. Right. Yeah. I'm like, these people are dancing their hearts out over Let's there. They're telling it. a story. Let's see it. And I thought they did such a fantastic job with the way that they captured that. You felt 
you know, I, again, never saw the original cast. I did see the tour a couple times, but like, I felt like I was seeing the show in a totally different way. And I think to be able to see Lynn and Leslie and, um, who, who else? Plays, Philippa and all these people. Who plays uh, 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 Washington? Jackson. Somebody Jackson. Oh, uh, Christopher Jackson Christopher from Jackson. In the Heights. Oh, and, God, he's uh, so good. David Diggs. Like all these yeah. people who've gone on now because of that show to become like massive celebrities in film and television. Um, it's just, I feel like we're getting, we got the really special privilege and opportunity to see them do that masterpiece and that it was captured to live on forever. And that, you know, Disney was willing to fork over that huge chunk of money um, yep. when people were hungry for content in the middle of the pandemic to make it available for all of us to see. Uh, I've watched it multiple times. I, I think I watched, I had people over for a viewing party the night it released on mm -hmm. Disney plus. And you know, I remember, it, I forgot about that, that when it came out, because it people wanted it so badly and you're right it was yeah. during the pandemic it was like i remember the social media like drop of after it like came out at midnight uh, three hours later everybody just being like that was amazing oh my god you know people so watching good. it on repeat every day yeah because how many times how many masterpieces have there been in the history of, of theater and of those how many of those were captured with the original exactly. cast that took it from you know, out of, you know, workshopping it downtown to bringing it to Broadway. And it just, it feels very special. I'm glad that it, it lives on forever and, you know, that we get to experience it. So I've got it at uh, number seven on my list. I love that. You know, it, I was just talking with somebody yesterday about Hamilton and I was like, Hamilton is one of those shows that actually lives up to the hype and it had yeah. massive hype. I mean, people talk about it like it's the greatest thing ever. It really kind of is. I mean, it it's, you know, the music is great. The lyrics are great. The tone of it is great. The dancing is great. The lighting is great. The costumes are great. The performances are great. Like the direction is great. Everything is just top, top notch. And it really is, like you said, it is a masterpiece. That yeah. word gets sort of thrown around a lot nowadays, but like Hamilton truly is a masterpiece. Um, and they did such a good job of how they filmed it. So it's also a cool thing. I always recommend if people are like, oh yeah, we're going to go see Hamilton. And I'm like, have you listened to it or seen yes. it before? And people will go, no, no, we're just going to go. And I'm like, you should really either listen to it through once or watch it on Disney plus. And it, it doesn't ruin the experience of seeing it live. Exactly. If anything, you get to like pay attention to more things live because you're not trying to hear the lyrics that are coming fast and furious and are saying a lot of things very quickly. So right. uh, if you, if you've not seen Hamilton before and you wanted to go see it in person, don't worry. You are not ruining that experience by seeing it on Disney plus first. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Um, awesome. All right. My number six is a movie that you all already said as well. And that's going to be Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Golly, <laughs> I love that movie uh, for all the reasons that you said. But a, a few other things that I'd just like to bring up. Number one is, can we talk about Rick Moranis and how great he <laughs> is and was? And do you know his story of sort of like what happened to him? No. So basically he was, you know, this huge movie star in the eighties and nineties playing this sort of nerdy dad in a bunch of movies, you know, little giants, how honey, uh, I shrunk the kids and just uh, ghostbusters, all that stuff. Uh, his wife tragically died young mm. of cancer. Um, and he had two young kids and he lives in New York city and he literally just flat out walked away from Hollywood and said, my wife is gone. I need to raise my kids. And, wow. you know, as three devoted dads here, I think we can mad respect that. Um, yeah. And he literally just walked away from a hugely successful career. And he's like, I need to be with my kids all the time, not mm -hmm. sort of like all the time. And I just think that that's 
shows the character of a person really well. And it, I, I love him. Um, another person that's great is Matt Fru- Fewer Freewer. I don't even know how to say this. F R E W E R. Freeware. Freewer. 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 Matt Freewer. Matt F. Matt F. Matt F. He is, he plays Big Russ Thompson. So he's the dad of the next door neighbors. And yes. he's wanting to go on that fishing trip. He, there's something about that character that just was so like memorable to me. And the way he'd like try to sneak a cigarette. Remember, he had like the cigarettes in his hat and his wife. Yeah. And I was like, Russ, don't be smoking. He's like, I'm not, honey. I'm not. You know, <laughs> I just, I loved that character. The mom is played by uh, Marisha, uh, Marsha Strassman. Um, but then let's talk about, Thomas Wilson Brown plays little Russ Thompson. Hmm. And then there's Jared Rushton plays Ron Thompson. Amy O'Neill plays Amy Zielinski. And then you have um, Robert Olivieri plays Nick Zielinski. But there was something about, you kind of hinted at this, the feeling of two families, neighboring families who clearly know each other. And the way that they articulated that in the film, especially between the boy and the girl, the teenage boy and Hmm. girl who like, clearly had probably like gone to kindergarten together, knew each other their whole lives, but now they were in different social circles. And like, he was kind of like kind of trying to be a jock and she was kind of popular or whatever, but they like weren't a part of each other's lives. But that feeling that you can have with people that are not necessarily your best friends or people that are a part of your everyday life, but you just Mm. have flat out so much history with, and the way that there's a sort of common vernacular to like your experience I just feel like that film like really nails that aspect of childhood, which is an interesting part of childhood. And yeah. I remember thinking like, cause it came out, you know, when we were, I don't know, eighth grade, something like that, seventh, eighth grade, like, and that's when I was starting to be like, you know, really into like thinking about girls all the time. Yes. And I remember just like really being like thrilled by seeing this like teenage kind of love affair through a trauma, you know, through like this adventure (laughs) and the way that like the boy and the girl, like kind of like don't like each other, but he like saves the day enough times that she's like, maybe you're kind of cute. And, you know, like, I I don't know, there's just (laughs) something about it. Like that. I remember it very much feeling like this is awesome. And I used to have, I used to have dreams all like a recurring dream when I was a kid, like dreams while I was sleeping of being in some kind of adventure like a uh, honey, I shrunk the kids and having some like, you know, cute girl that I knew. And I like saved her a bunch of times and like, we all fell in love. And, you know, like, I don't know, <laughs> I used to have that dream all the time. So honey, I shrink the kids. Like you said, it's just a great film. Definitely holds up. It's not one that like, when you watch it, you're like, Oh, this was definitely an eighties movie. It's just a great, great flick. So if you've not seen honey, I shrunk the kids, uh, definitely go check that out. That was my number six selection. Honey, I shrunk the kids. So good. I love that movie so much. And like I said earlier, I feel like it's been so long since I've watched that movie. Like I got to yeah. get, I, I got to get on it. it. I, um, about like six months ago, I watched it with the kids. It was great. And did it, it held up? Yeah, totally. hundred percent. Oh, I love it. Okay. So I'm debating, you know, we get to this point with our lists where it's like, okay, if you, whatever you choose here is locking you in to only having five slots left. And so I'm like, do I want to pull something from my top five and move it back Mm. to six to give myself that freedom of slotting something else in? Should I feel so inspired? Uh, So I'm going to do that actually in this moment. And this movie, I watched this so much as a kid. Uh, And it just like, 
for a kid like me, and this is still who I am to a big extent of like just this dreamer type kid of like anything is possible. This story really connected with, and that movie is blank check. Uh, <laughs> I loved that freaking movie yes. so much. You know, you got Preston Waters, who's like riding his bike through the parking lot. And that dude, uh, Quigley played by Miguel, uh, Ferrer, um, backs his car into him and he's like just and he's like trying to get out of there because he's a shady dude right and he's like just take this check your parents will know what to do with it and that he writes himself a check for a million dollars um and then buys this house and puts in this water slide <laughs> and so has good. the go-karts and then like living like every 11 12 year old little boy's dream like you were sharing you've got the dude tone loke who we all remember funky cold medina yeah. he was big in the rap scene sort of like fringe rap scene back in the early to mid 90s he also made an appearance in the movie ace ventura pet detective then of course you've got michael lerner who we all know from one of our favorite christmas movies of all time elf he plays the curmudgeon boss uh-huh. of uh, walter hobbs that we meet throughout the film and then is trying to get walter to stay at the end of the film he plays biederman in blank check and then miguel ferrer who plays quigley and there's a trio of bad dudes who are just trying to get this dirty money that now yeah. Preston has the access to. And then, of course, you got Karen Duffy, who I just thought was like totally smoking hot when I was a 12 year old kid. She plays Shay Stanley, who's an undercover FBI agent who's trying to hunt down this dirty money that now Preston has got his hands on. You know, the plot of the film is not necessarily the best in the sense that like this kid is just sort of looking for happiness and money. But I will say at the end, it all does sort of come around because he does find himself all alone. You know, once people realize that he doesn't have all this money and he owes $100,000 to the party planner and he can't can't cut that check. He's only got 300 something dollars left in the account and everyone leaves. I think it's in that moment that Preston, uh, played by Brian Bonzal, I think that's how you pronounce it, B-O-N-S-A-L-L, he realizes that money can't buy happiness. Right. And that's life, right? You know, as kids, so often we think, man, if I get that that new video game system or that new toy, then I'll be happy. And then, you know, within a week, two weeks, a month, we're sort of over that toy or we got to get a new game. And that even transfers over into adulthood, right? You know, you always want that cool new thing, that new car, that, that new pair of shoes. And the reality is, is that love, joy, fulfillment comes not from a store, but from our hearts and from yes. people that we love the most. So I think at, at its at its core, blank check, now that we've sort of dissected it, I've discovered that it actually has a good takeaway. And, and that's why I got it at my number six. I love that. We, uh, I feel like that came out, speaking of how we were talking about how once a movie comes out and it does well, like all the other studios try to make the same kind of movie. Do you remember right. the movie um, Camp Nowhere, which came out around the same time? And that was like a bunch of kids okay. go to camp um, but they lie to their parents and they say like, they're going to theater camp or fat camp or sports camp, but they all go to this like rented un- abandoned camp. And Christopher Lloyd is like the one adult who's there, but he's just always like on drugs and it's like disappearing. So it's just a whole summer of kids, like having unlimited money and unlimited time <laughs> and space. And so they just do nerf fights and put in water slides and do, you know, running through the mud. And it just looks like they really leaned into our, nine to 12 year old fantasies of just like an amazing life filled with toys and no adults and no rules and yeah right but blank check is kind of falls into that same kind of a movie i love it 
I, I have to say I'm reading, I'm going back and reading the plot because it was a little fuzzy for me how Blank Check ends. And apparently like this persona that that Preston creates called Macintosh, I think he convinces his parents that he's like working for him and like that's why he's not around his parents at all. And right. so like Quigley ends up saying, well, I'm Macintosh because he thinks that he's like this rich guy and all these sorts of things. And that's how all of Preston's crimes get pinned to Quigley. There you go. So I think Preston gets away with all of it. Yeah, of course he does. Maybe that's not a good message for children, but <laughs> I thought it was a hysterical film <laughs> and film. I loved it as a kid. And um, I'll be interested to go back and watch it again soon and see yeah. if, it, if it holds up uh, after one. all these years. All right, folks, that brings us to the close of this particular episode of the Disney Countdown Show. We will continue this uh, list of great, great Disney live-action films uh, on the next episode. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Make sure you follow us on all the socials. Please rate and review. I know we asked this either last week or the week before, but if you're enjoying this show and you are feeling up to it, we would love if you would either post about it on your own social media and tag us. Um, or just tell your friends, say, hey, if you like Disney, check out this show called The Disney Countdown Show. Uh, we're very easy to find. We appreciate it. We appreciate the love and support that you all give us. Big thank you to Chris. We love you, man. You're the best. Big thank you to Danny. Love you, man. You're the best. Uh, big thank you to Eric. Thank you so much. Uh, and <laughs> we are going to wrap it up here the way that we always do on The Disney Countdown Show by closing with D-I-S. See you real See soon. See you real soon. N-E-Y. Why? Why? Because, because we, we count down, down. <laughs> Disney countdown show. That was really fun to do virtually. <laughs> oh, it's we love you guys. Love we'll it. see you on the next one. Bye bye. See ya. Oh man, I'm going back and reading about blank check. <laughs> it's just like there's so many plot points I totally forgotten about this film. I really I, need that's to go one back that I really have not movie. seen since I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I remembered all the really romantic elements of it, of all right. the toys and games and stuff. And now I'm remembering he throws that big party and then he doesn't, he only has like 300 and something dollars left in the bank account. And uh -huh. so, but the bill is like a hundred thousand dollars to pay for the party. So like right. everybody leaves and he's like left there, like all alone. Um, and it oh, looks like sure. quickly Biederman and Juice are like teamed up with each other. Yeah. Like in their